Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Stand By for Action. The starring players... This is Charles Lawton. This is Brian Donlevy. And this is Chester Morris. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in Stand By for Action, starring Charles Lawton as Admiral Stephen Thomas, Brian Donlevy as Lieutenant Commander Roberts, and Chester Morris as Lieutenant Masterman. This is a radio adaptation of the Metro-Golden-Mayer picture, Stand By for Action, having its first showing in the principal cities of the United States. Stand By for Action! On December 7th, 1941, out of unsuspecting skies, a day of infamy dawned. And in those early months after Pearl Harbor, while the war still seemed far off to most Americans, the Navy carried on as the nation's first line with whatever tools were at hand. Our play tonight is about a destroyer, the USS Warren, brought back from a ship's graveyard and recommissioned to serve her country in its neediest hour. It is the story, too, of the Warren's officers. Lieutenant Commander Roberts, commanding the Warren. Of Lieutenant Masterman, Commander Roberts' executive officer. And of Admiral Stephen Thomas, who recommissioned the Warren. By authority of the Secretary of the Navy, contained in orders of May the 21st, 1942, I hereby recommission the USS Warren in the Naval Service of the United States and deliver her to her commanding officer. Mr. Roberts, the USS Warren is placed in commission and is delivered to you, sir. I accept command, sir. Officers and men, your ship, the Warren, is now commissioned by the United States Navy to fight our enemies. You make up its crew, regulars, reservists, recruits. As you pull together, as you become a smoothly functioning machine, as through your spirit... You make this ship live, so will our country live. For the time we must fight this generation's war, partly with last generation's ships, the Warren is old, called back from its honorable retirement to fight again, but it is a glorious ship with a great history. There was another old ship in the United States Navy practically falling apart. She fought an action with a brand-new blue-ribbon frigate. When she was shot to pieces, on fire, dismasted, the captain of the enemy frigate hailed her to ask if she had struck her colors. 
Her answer to that question has been the number one watchword of the American Navy for 150 years. You may remember her name, Farnham Richard. Captain John Paul Jones, a farmer's son commanding. Her answer was, I have not yet begun to fight. Well, Masterman, you know, we've accomplished a lot in the past few weeks. The Warren's beginning to shake down now. She's becoming a warship, and uh, you couldn't want a better crew. You're being a little optimistic, sir. Mr. Masterman, there have been a couple of times when I thought I detected a slight flaw in your schooling. Well, if you mean I'm not a graduate of the Pollyanna School, you're right. I don't know what they taught you at Harvard, but the Navy teaches a man to do the best possible job with whatever tools are at hand. I, uh, I suppose that's from John Paul Jones, too, sir. No. That's from Martin J. Roberts. I beg your pardon, sir. The radio operator's instructions were to show you this message at once, sir. It's very important. Thank you. Hmm. Well, Mr. Masterman, this is no longer a shakedown cruise. We're ordered to join an eastbound convoy out of Pearl Harbor at noon tomorrow. Latitude 2330 north, longitude 14320 west. How far do you make it? Uh, about 600 miles, sir. Well, that means we'll have to do 25 knots for 24 hours. I hope the engines hold together, sir. Check that position and put her on the course to the rendezvous, Mr. Masterman. It's a pretty long haul, sir, 25 knots in the sea. We'll make it. We've got to make it. This is an order I've got in my hand, and the commanding officer of the convoy is Stephen Thomas, United States Navy. Old Iron Pants himself. There's a floating object one point on the port bow, sir. It looks like a lifeboat, sir. Why, it is a lifeboat. There might be survivors, sir. Yes. There might be a Jap sub hiding his periscope behind the lifeboat. Circle it at full speed. Aye, aye, sir. Yes. There are survivors, all right. Mr. Masterman, stop all engines. Stop all engines, sir? Yes. Well, I thought we were under orders to speed to the convoy and that orders must be followed to the letter. Mr. Masterman, this is the exception that proves the rule. There's a man in that boat that looks pretty well used up. Yes, sir. Stop all engines, Mr. Lindsay. Stop all engines, sir. Stand by on deck to receive lifeboat on port side. Come on, men. We can't stay here all day. You've got to get the men aboard. What's going on down there in that lifeboat? Well, sir, it looks like we made a hole. Made a... What are you talking about? What do you mean? There are two women in the lifeboat and a whole school of babies. Babies? Yes, sir. Kids, sir. Minnow size. Oh, well, well, this, this is impossible, Masterman. Women and children aboard a destroyer? Why, did uh... Oh, well, looks like we've got quite a job ahead of us. Oh, I'm sure you can handle it with your theory of doing the best possible job with whatever tools are at hand, sir. What? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. You're quite right. And uh, I know just the man for the job of looking after those babies. You. Me? Oh, now, wait a minute, Captain. Mr. Masterman, that's an order. Come hell or a high water, and you'll probably run into both on this assignment. Resume standard speed, Mr. Lindsay. Aye, aye, sir. (laughs) 
Looks like some of you men will have to take care of more than one baby. Uh, put all the, uh, the, uh, the little ladies on the port side and all the little gentlemen on the starboard. We'll stow them onto a bunk and rig netting around them so they don't tumble out. Yes. And uh, tell the cook to make up some warm milk. They'll quiet down once they have some chow. Uh, uh, where are the women, James? Uh, right over there, sir, by that bunk. Thanks. Guess I'd better take care of them next. Yes, sir. I'm going to have some of the officers double up so that you ladies can use their rooms. Oh, oh, thank you very much, Lieutenant. You uh, make a wonderful foster father. Yes. Well, uh, aren't you ladies a little young to be the mothers of 20 babies? Oh, poor children. They're evacuated from the maternity hospital in Honolulu on their way to the mainland. Oh. Our ship was separated from the convoy, and they got us at night. I see. Well, I've heard of three men in a boat, but uh, two women and 20 babies. Uh, is there a doctor on board? No, I'm sorry. Only a pharmacist mate. Oh, but I... Well, now, don't worry. We'll take good care. Well, well, I'll have to stay and take care of... Well, we'll take care of your friend. I'll see that she's moved at once. But I can't leave her. She needs help desperately. Oh, I'm afraid I must insist. You're practically out on your feet yourself. Now, come with me. Uh, Jenks. Yes, sir? Take the other lady to Mr. Martin's room. Masterman, I've been hearing glowing reports on your proficiency in the care and feeding of infants. That's very gratifying. Oh, uh, thank you, sir. Too bad that you and these other gentlemen are strangers to the soft caress of a baby's hand. Hmm? The magic of a dimpled smile. The charm of triangular trousers. <laughs> you, uh, you have no idea what you're missing. Well, I guess we can guess. <laughs> uh, how's the condition of the women we picked up? Not too good, sir. I sent the pharmacist mate to look at them and see what he could do. Pharmacist mate Miller reporting, sir. Yes, Miller. Excuse me, sir, but we're having a baby. Where are they? What? Who? Who? The woman we took aboard, sir. Well, there were two women. Huh. Well, one of them about to become a mother, sir. The one in Mr. Martin's room. Now, Miller, she can't do that. You Now, wait a minute. You can't permit such a thing to happen aboard this ship. It's strictly against regulations. Well, perhaps if you read the Navy regulations to the lady, Miller... What? I don't think there's time, sir. And besides, I'm only a pharmacist, mate. Well, surely John Paul Jones must have had something to say concerning a moment like this, Captain. Yeah. If, uh, if you could only remember what it was. Oh. Uh, Mr. Masterman. Yes, sir? I, uh... Oh, now, 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 wait a minute, sir. Look, I, I, I'm a ship's officer, yes. not a stork. That's right. You're the executive officer, Mr. Masterman. I don't know what John Paul Jones might have said, but... Navy regulations say that all matters pertaining to the ship's company properly fall under the jurisdiction of the executive officer. Now, this lady, through force of circumstance, is technically a member of the ship's company. So, uh, execute, Mr. Masterman. Execute. Well, the, uh, the, uh, the launching's complete, sir. Mm -hmm. Mother and baby are in perfect shape, but the crew's about to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Why, you'd, you'd think each one of them was the father. What? I, uh, uh, it's a boy, sir. <laughs> well, uh, well done, Masterman. Strictly according to regulation, sir. Uh -huh. the, uh, by the way, the convoy's been sighted on the starboard bow. Uh, I wonder how the Admiral's lumbago is acting. Oh, not too well. 
He's already signaled for an explanation of our being an hour late arriving. I'd like to know what he would say when he gets my answer. Message from the Warren, Admiral. Well, read it, Dudley, read it. Yes, sir. Uh, have on board 25 civilian survivors of torpedoed vessel proceeding from Honolulu to San Francisco. Hmm. Rescued persons number, two women, 20 babies, and two seamen. Report yeah, one... Yes, but two women, 20 children, and two seamen are 24 survivors. The message continues, sir. Yes? Report one of the rescued ladies became a mother after being taken on board. Hmm? Uh, <clears throat> in absence of doctor, carpenter's mate officiated. Request your concurrence. That's the end of the message, sir. Uh, uh, well, I'm surprised at Roberts. Permitting such irregularity. I should have been informed of the entire affair. Hmm. It's completely without precedent. Boy or girl? It doesn't say, sir. It doesn't say what kind of a report is that, leaving out the most important detail. Oh, uh, here's another message from the warrant, sir. Oh. It's a boy, sir. Oh, uh, it's a boy. Uh, it's a boy. Well, well, well... <coughs> Signal the Warren, uh... Well done, Warren. And so the curtain falls on the first act of Stand By for Action, starring Charles Lawton, Brian Donlevy, and Chester Morris. Before the curtain rises on the second act, a word from your hostess, Lady Esther. I recently met a girl who has a tomboy job in an aircraft plant. Now, tomboy jobs are jobs given to girls who are small enough to climb over the wings of a plane or to connect wires in hard-to-reach places. And this girl likes it. She says it's fun. But she was awfully discouraged for a while about the effect all the grease and dirt was having on her skin. Even though she gave her skin its usual care, it just wasn't enough. She said she'd never seen her skin look so sallow and dull. So, she did a very sensible thing. She changed her method of beauty care. She changed to Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. And she's so happy now. For even though her skin takes more punishment than ever, it's actually more attractive than ever. But that's what every woman has a right to expect from a cream that takes care of not one, but four essential needs of the skin. Why, every time you use Lady Esther face cream, it's like giving your skin a whole beauty treatment. For here's what happens. First, and this is so important, you get your skin really clean. You whisk away every last trace of grease and dirt. Second, Lady Esther face cream softens your skin. Helps relieve the dryness that often causes little lines. Third, it helps nature refine the pores. And fourth, it leaves a perfect, non-sticky base for powder. So why not change to this one cream for the complete care of your skin? See how different Lady Esther face cream is from any cream you've ever used. How it leaves your skin so radiantly fresh that the very years seem to lift away and you suddenly look more youthful and a lot more attractive. And now the curtain rises on the second act of Stand By for Action, starring Charles Lawton as Admiral Stephen Thomas, Brian Donlevy as Lieutenant Commander Roberts, and Chester Morris as Lieutenant Masterman. 
As the convoy, carrying its load of women, children, and wounded men, steams eastward across the Pacific, we join Admiral Thomas aboard his flagship, the cruiser Chattanooga. Gentlemen, I give a month's pay to see Masterman surrounded by all those babies. Masterman? Oh, yes, he's my ex-junior aide. He's quite a fella. Always made me feel a little uncomfortable, as if my necktie weren't on straight or something. What's the matter with him, sir? Nothing that a cruise on the Warren and a bunch of babies won't cure. Another message from the Warren, sir. Well, read it, Dudley. Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> second lady passenger about to become mother. Hmm? Condition unfavorable. Requests uh, concurrence in medical advice. Now, look here, Dudley. This sort of thing must stop. I'm fighting a war, not running a lying-in hospital. Aye, aye, sir. Shall I transmit that message to the Warren, sir? Hmm? Certainly not. Uh, well, Dr. Stone, go on. Say something. Say what? You heard the message. The Warren wants medical advice. Well, sir, offhand, I... I don't know exactly what to say. Uh... Stone, are you or are you not a doctor? I am a naval surgeon, sir. Not a baby specialist. Now, if the woman had only broken her neck or, uh, Something more in my line. Stone, she is having a baby. The Warren is waiting. Well, uh, I'll have to look it up. What shall I tell the Warren, sir? Tell the Warren to delay everything. My senior, my senior surgeon is reading a book. Aye, aye, sir. Dudley. Yes, sir. Any word from the Warren? No, sir. What's the matter with Roberts? Didn't you signal him to keep us informed? Yes, sir. Well, signal him again. Tell him I want to know what progress is being made. Aye, aye, sir. What about you, Doctor? I have everything organized, sir. Well in hand. Oh, sit down, sit down, sit down. After I ask the Warren a few questions, I'll be able to advise. What kind of questions? Well, I'll have to know the lady's age, height, weight, and physical condition. Then I must know if this is her first child and whether or not... Warren makes a simple request for medical advice and you answer with a demand for a detailed history of the lady's life? Well, how can I give intelligent instructions if I don't know the case history? Doctor, a short while ago, another baby was born on the, on the Warren with the assistance of a carpenter's mate who didn't even know the patient's name. I remember now when the ship's cat had kittens until you lost your head. That should have warned me. But... As I reminded you, sir, I am a naval surgeon aboard a warship. Warship or not, a woman is having a baby over on the Warren, and I'm having a nervous breakdown. Uh, how is Mrs. Collins, Masterman? Worse. Too bad. I'm sorry there isn't something more we can do to help her. There is something you can do, sir. What? Transfer her to the Admiral's ship. Get her in the hands of a real doctor. That's the one thing we can't do, Masterman. We'd have to bring both the Warren and the Chattanooga to a stop. That would be inviting disaster. You know, I keep thinking of that girl's husband inviting disaster every time he flies his plane off the deck of that carrier he's on. I'd hate to tell him that the Navy considers saving the life of his wife and baby too great a risk. Masterman, he's doing a job. So are we. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You can't make decisions based on sentiment or humanity. You seem to be forgetting that the convoy is carrying hundreds of women and children and wounded men who might be placed at the mercy of the enemy. Risking the life of any one person must always be subordinated to risking the lives of many. When you achieve command, Masterman you'll find that it'll be necessary to make many decisions that will be personally unpleasant to you. You will also find it necessary to carry out an order. And our order is to protect the left flank of this convoy. Admiral Thomas? Yes, Dudley. 
Enemy aircraft sighted, sir. Enemy aircraft? Yes, sir. Sound battle station, Dudley. Yes, sir. Plane is approaching fast, sir. Anti-aircraft, open fire. Anti-aircraft, commence firing. Why wasn't that plane sighted before, Dudley? plane glided in above the fog, sir. When uh, first sighted, he was already diving. Find out what our damage is. Yes, sir. Ship's damage control officer reports our plane catapult disabled and the steering gear out of control, sir. Ah. We must do something, confounded. Can't stay here all day with my stern shut off. That plane was launched from an enemy capital ship that's somewhere out here in this blasted fog. They're doing all they can, sir. It's a nice kettle of fish, hit in the tail with a sneak punch by a slant-eyed Beelzebub. Enemy battleship sighted, sir. Hmm? Blood on the starboard bow. Ah, I see it. Jack, Yoshimoto class. Commence firing. Aye, aye, sir. Number one and two turrets, commence firing. A Jack battleship. All my life I've been praying for a crack at one of those pagoda-masted buzzards. And here I am, winged in the tail, sailing in circles like a blasted merry-go-round. Signal the convoy to scatter. Aye, aye, sir. Signal the one and I'm out of control. Yes, sir. They've straddled us with our first salvo. Let them have it, Ludlow. Commander Roberts. She's out of control. Well, that puts it up to the Warren. Mr. Masterman, I'm going ahead at full speed. Tell the engine room to make smoke. We lay a smoke screen between the Jap and the convoy. Aye, aye, sir. We'll reverse course to the left. They've opened fire on us with their secondary batteries, sir. Well, fire back at them. Aye, aye, sir. Commence firing! Mr. Masterman, here's my plan of attack. The enemy's course should carry him directly into the convoy. Yes, sir. In two minutes, I'm going to cease firing, reverse our course again parallel to our smoke screen. Then we'll cut through count on surprise and give that Jap every torpedo we've got. She's a battleship, sir. She'll blast us out of the water. That's almost a certainty, Mr. Masterman. What about the women and children? This isn't only a destroyer. It's a floating nursery. I know that. But in a situation like this, decisions can't be influenced by personal feelings. As I've told you, when you have a command, you'll realize that. Back to your battle station, Master. Aye, aye, sir. Mr. Masterman, Captain Roberts has been hit. He wants you. Are, uh, are you hit badly, sir? Masterman? It looks as if you've achieved command sooner than either of us expected. <laughs> Any orders, sir? Oh, you know the plan of attack, Harvard. Go ahead. Rock them and sock them. <laughs> okay, John Paul Jones. Jenks, get the captain below. Aye, aye, sir. Tell control to cease firing. All stations, cease firing. All stations, cease firing. Be ready to fire torpedoes on both sides. Aye, aye, sir. Stand by torpedoes. Stand by torpedoes. Mr. Lindsay, reverse course to the right. Keep a parallel and behind smoke screen. Aye, aye, sir. Right standard rudder. Now, Mr. Lindsay, I'm going to come right. Ninety degrees, of course. But that turn takes us back through our smoke screen, right into the face of the enemy. Exactly. I'm going to intercept the Jap at the nearest point. 
You see, I'm counting on surprise. But Mrs. Collins and the other lady, sir, and all those babies. There's only one way of giving the convoy a chance to scatter, Lindsay. That's to come charging out of our smokescreen and smack that Jap with a couple of torpedoes before he blows us out, the, out of the water with a broadside. But you can't throw away the lives of all those women and children. Mr. Lindsay, the captain of a ship can't always do what he wants. If you ever get command, you'll realize that. Yes, sir. We're about to enter the smokescreen, sir. Steady as she goes. Steady, sir. Fire torpedoes when ready. Target angle 290. Target angle 290. Stand by tubes 2 and 4. Fire two. Fire two. Fire four. Fire four. Stand by tubes one and three. Stand by tubes one and three. Fire one. Fire one. Fire three. Fire three. We hit it with the first two, sir. Good work. Yahoo! There go our magazines, sir. That's fine work, Lindsay. Take over and slow to standard speed. I want to go below and see how the captain's making out. Aye, aye, sir. Oh. Hello, Masterman. Well, how are you feeling, sir? Oh, much better, thank you. How's uh, everything with you? Everything's under control, sir. Fine. Total casualties, 12 men wounded, all taken care of. Good. Forward gun disabled, otherwise no serious damage. Mm -hmm. No casualties to the women and children. I, uh, I think that's all, sir. Mr. Masterman, Mr. Masterman, sir. Please come with me at once. It's very urgent. Well, Admiral Thomas? Dr. Stone, to the best of my knowledge, we have just witnessed the greatest single destroyer action in naval history. Magnificent, sir. If it hadn't been for the Warren, our whole convoy might have been lost. Yes, yes. Stone, uh, I recommissioned her. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, indeed. What is it, Dudley? Oh, uh, a message from the Warren, sir. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, gentlemen... We are living one of those moments which may go down in history. This uh, message from the Warren may become as famous as Perry's. We have met the enemy and they are ours. So listen closely. Would you read the message from the Warren, Dudley? Yes, sir. It's a boy. Mm? <laughs> yes, sir. Second baby arrived. It's a boy. Seven pounds, four ounces. It's a boy. It's a boy. Hmm. Seven pounds, four ounces. Son of a gun! Well, Ludlow, just don't stand there. Begin reassembling the convoy. We're heading home! That brings down the curtain on a great story brought to life for you by Charles Lawton, Brian Donlevy, and Chester Morris. Thanks to you all and to our excellent supporting cast. We'll be back in just a moment to tell you about the swell story we've prepared for you for next week. But first, a word from one of America's foremost beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight, I wish I may. But you know the rest. You used to recite that little jingle every time you made a wish on the first evening star. Remember how you'd wish you were a millionaire or a ravishing beauty? But the chances are you never stopped wishing for greater loveliness. So let me tell you how thousands of women have made that wish come true. They changed their method of skin care. Yes, they changed to Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream for the complete care of their skin. And according to letter after letter I've received, these women are surprised and very much thrilled to see how much softer, 
smoother, how much more attractive their skin looks. You see, Lady Esther Face Cream does all this for your skin. First, it cleans your skin and cleans it thoroughly. Second, it softens your skin. Third, my face cream helps nature refine the pores. And finally, it leaves such a perfect base for powder. So if you've been wishing for a lovelier complexion, why not do as so many women have done? Change your method of beauty care. Change to Lady Esther for Purpose Face Cream. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present the Palm Beach story. It will star Claudette Colbert, Rudy Valley, and Randy Scott. Be sure to listen. The stars appearing on tonight's program have donated their services for the benefit of the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Charles Lawton is currently working in the Metro-Golden-Mayer picture, The Man from Down Under. Brian Don Levy can soon be seen in the United Artists production, Hang Men Also Die. Chester Morris will soon be seen in the Pine Thomas production, Aerial Gunner. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Adaptation by Bill Hampton. The Screen Guild players are presented every Monday night at this time by Lady Esther. To save materials, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. Truman Bradley speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>